Thank you. You're right. I do love this college. Class of 89? No others? Well, I'm shocked. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, my wife and I graduated here in 89, and uh, I just love being able to, to serve here. Uh, I, I want to start with a question this morning. My question for you is this. And I want you to ask yourself this. When God thinks of me, when God thinks of me, he thinks what? When God thinks of me, he thinks what? I think we struggle often with a false narrative, uh, believing a certain reality, uh, and that is that uh, we have a hard time believing that God really enjoys us, that he hasn't begrudgingly saved us, that Sometimes we wonder maybe he's indifferent to us. Uh, you know, we, he can play out in different ways, even to the point of sometimes we might say to ourselves, I know that I'm going to go to heaven one day, but even when I get to heaven, you know, there's I mean, this awkward moment of like I walk into some big room and... and uh, God is up front with, you know, Capic and Huffines and Wingard, and, and he kind of looks up and is like, oh, it's you. Just take a seat in the back. You know, that's, that's kind of the way we sometimes think the Lord looks at us. But, you know, this is, that's a lie. The Lord delights in his people. He, he rejoices over his people. And I want us to look at a passage this morning where, where this is really, really clear. And I want you to leave here today, today knowing that the Lord enjoys you, his people. So let me pray real quick, and then we'll look at a passage out of Ezekiel 34. Lord, we're about to read your word that you've given to us for our good. Will you do what you do and, and, and open our hearts over the next 20 minutes or so and, and teach us wonderful truth, your glorious gospel. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel 34 beginning in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered. On a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them 
out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture, and they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong, and I will watch over and I will feed them in justice. There's a survey that came out quite a while now, probably 15, maybe 20 years ago, uh, but I, th- I have no doubt that the results would be the exact same today. And, and the survey was uh, asking a couple thousand Americans uh, this question, and that is, What do you want to hear most from others? All right, so the number one answer of what do you want to hear most is, I love you. That's not a big surprise, right? We we all want to be loved. We all want others to, to care about us. Number one is, I love you. Number two is, I forgive you, right? And uh, again, something we all desire to hear. There's not a person in this room uh, that has not said or done something that we have not needed to hear somebody say, I forgive you. So I love you, I forgive you, and of course the third thing we all want to hear Supper's ready. Right? I love you. I forgive you. Supper's ready. You know, if you think about it, that's the message of the gospel. Right? I love you. I forgive you. Come and dine at my table. Come and be part of my family. So I want us to consider these three truths today that I love you, I forgive you, and supper's ready. Because I think when we remember these truths, it helps to crowd out false narratives. And it's what we need to hear. Over in Deuteronomy 7, this is what God says about his people. All of us that are Christians are God's people. So he's talking about you. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more number than any than any other people, that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all the peoples. But it's because the Lord loves 
you. The Lord loves you because He loves you. He loves you. His people. He, he, you've done nothing to earn His love. He loves you because He wants to love you. That can be a struggle for us. Often we want to prove our, our worthiness. And, and that's it's hard. Uh, as we have our relationships with others, that's often the way we, we try to figure out how we fit in with someone else is, you know, what do I have to do to, to earn their love? It, it doesn't happen that way with the Lord. Uh, my wife is also a graduate of 89, and we met and started dating here at Covenant. And after we had been dating, I think the appropriate amount of time, obviously she didn't, uh, one day just the two of us were sitting alone together. I looked her right in the eyes and I said, I love you. And she looked right at, back at me and she said, thank you. Okay, we've been married 33 years. It worked out. She came around. Uh, it, it was actually uh, here in the chapel classroom downstairs where we had our, our big define the relationship conversation one time. And, and uh, uh, you know, I was like, hey, this is going pretty good. And she's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, so uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. And she's like, well... If I say yes, could we keep it a secret? <laughs> My wife doesn't jump into things. She's, she's, she's very smart, and she, she thinks her way through things. So, uh, so the negotiations lasted until about 2 in the morning. I finally wore her down. She said, I'll be your girlfriend. Can I just go back to my room and go to bed? And so... It's all worked out since then. But that's not the way it is with the Lord. He loves us. He loves us because He loves us. He just loves His people. We mess up. He loves us. It's, it's an amazing relationship that we have. Over in Romans 8, we read, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Paul goes on to say, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you because He loves you. You can't do anything to make Him quit loving you. Know that to be true. Know that to be true. But one of the reasons it's a struggle, right, is because you know something that I don't know. You know your own heart. Right? You know what you said, what you did, what you thought. And you say to yourself, as Satan whispers in your ear, there's no way, there's no way God can love you because he can't forgive you for that. And yet, he can. He loves us, and He forgives us. And that's glorious news to us. Uh, it's like blasphemy to say, you know, this is my favorite when you talk about the Bible, right? It's, it's, all, it's all our favorite. But I love, I love that parable, uh, well, I don't know which parable I love anymore, but I love that parable. Uh, the prodigal son, that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, I love the parable of the prodigal son, right? Because, you know, here you got this, this, this younger son who comes to his dad and says, I don't want to be your son anymore. I just want your money. And so his dad's just like, that hurts but okay. And he gives him his money. And the son goes and he wastes all of his, the money. And then he's eating as well, not quite as well as the pigs, and says, this doesn't work out very well long term. Uh, dad's a reasonable guy. If I go back and say, well, just put me on the payroll, I'll start working, uh, then, you know, he'll do that. Uh, I, I feel certain. And so, like, you can kind of figure as he's taking a few days to walk back home that he's probably rehearsing over and over uh, his, his great, this is what I'm going to say uh, to Dad, to maybe he will let me get a job on the family farm here. And, and uh, we're told that uh, his dad was looking way out and he saw his son coming. No doubt looking for his son for one day to come home. And as 
we're told his, his father runs to meet the son. And the son starts to give the, the, the line of, hey, I'm really sorry, and can I take, get a job with, with you? And, and, and the father will have none of it. And, and, and he, he says, behold, it's my son. He's, he's, he's come home. He was lost. He's found. Uh, put a robe on him. Put the family ring on him. Uh, slaughter the best cow we have. He's home. And, and, and the son's trying to say, no, 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 I've, I've done all this bad stuff. And the father is quick to forgive. He is wanting to forgive. He's begging the son to come home so he can forgive him. The Lord wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive you so much that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay our ultimate penalty, sin, so that we don't have to. He wants to forgive you. Forgiveness is is found just by turning to the Father and, and, and confessing our sins, turning away from our sin and turning to the Father. He loves you. He forgives you. And he forgives you so much, it's much like the father and the prodigal son. He, he doesn't just like say, okay, I love you and I forgive you. And yeah, you can't sit in the back of heaven uh, because you're here on the Jesus plan. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. He, he wants to fellowship with you. You know, Revelation ends with the marriage feast of the Lamb, of, of, of Jesus being with His people, celebrating in, in feast style. That's the way that the Lord wants to be with you. He cries out, supper's ready. I've prepared it to be with you. I mean, we Americans are good at eating. We know how to eat right? We're getting ready for our big day in just a couple weeks, right? Thanksgiving Day is, is coming upon us. When, when our kids were little, my family knows, that I don't even ask them anymore or give them a heads up that they're going to be a sermon illustration. They just know. If you live in my house, you have, if you walk through my door, you have a chance to be a sermon illustration one day. But uh, so, so my, my oldest son, Scott, uh, is our tradition every year at birthday time that uh, each of our sons could pick wherever they wanted to go for dinner and we'd all go as a family so scott was about six remember that six uh, and, and and you know scott anywhere you want to go you know we're, you 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 pick we're going and he says can we go to arby's we can go to Arby's. That's a lot less expensive than what I thought we might be doing. Yeah, Arby's it is. So we all went and had our, uh, our, our roast beef uh, sandwich, and it was, uh, it was glorious. Uh, now the kids are older, and uh, this year, Scott's birthday, and, and uh, uh, both my sons live here in, in Chattanooga, and, and Scott says, hey, I want to go to Husk. 
It's this really expensive restaurant in Nashville. Yeah, okay, you're not six anymore, are you? Uh, fortunately, my kids, uh, they, they like to remind me that they make more money than I do, so they bought their own meals, so that, 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 that worked out okay. Uh, but but uh, supper's ready. The, the, the Lord desires to be close to you. He desires to, to fellowship with you. He, 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 he wants to be in your presence. So, my encouragement to you is this. As you visit with each other on campus, we remind each other that God loves you, that God forgives you, and that supper's ready. If I ask you again, you know, when God thinks of you, He thinks what? Will you think God loves me? He forgives me? He wants to be with me in fellowship? Will you pray with me? Father God, we are people that so often can get confused on our relationship with you. Uh, Lord, will you, through your Spirit, sent from Jesus himself, will you work in our hearts on a daily basis of reminding us that you love us greatly. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.